Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And welcome, welcome, welcome to what is going to be a really, really informative show. Uh, I'm Marty Fisher. Uh, you know, thank you for joining me. Glad to have you. Um, and we are going to talk about wing shooting and clay shooting. Make no mistake about that. But I will tell you this. Before we do that, I want to make sure that everybody is paying attention. You know, I think most of us finally are. Um, you know, we're, we're in very, very unprecedented times now. It's, uh, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I've been around for closer to seven decades than I want to admit, and I can tell you that I have never, ever seen anything remotely like this. And I went through some, some pretty scary times. And uh, yeah, I remember way back when we had to go, you know, get the, uh, get the sugar with droplets on it in our in my mouth for uh, polio vaccine, you know. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully the experts are going to come up with a uh, with a way to put a stop to this virus that's floating around. But in the meantime, you guys have got to be smart. You know, when they tell you to stay in, stay in. You know that. I mean, uh, you know there 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 are lots of things that you can do at home. We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit too. Um, the social distancing works. Uh, by all means, uh, to, you know, take care of that. If you feel sick, stay home. I mean, just just be smart about this whole thing. Now, let me uh, let me get on to some good stuff. Um, some wing and clay news, and you know, there's not a lot, but wing and clay news today, as always, brought to you by my good friends at the Crushable Vault. Uh, those guys, boy, are they an important. An important company now. I mean, make no mistake. Uh, you know, I've been a traveling hunter my whole life, and every time I put my guns in my truck, I'm scared to death. Somebody is going to break in and steal them, and I've got some pretty nice guns. Well, I discovered the Crushable Vault uh, about a year ago, um, and I was overwhelmed. It looks like a piece of luggage. I mean, it's really attractive, but it, but you can put your gun cases in there. They've got an interlocking cable system. You can wrap those cables around those cases. They cannot be opened. And then you can wrap uh, another cable uh, intertwined into the cable that's, that's locking the cases down and tie them off in the bed of your truck, in the back of your SUV, in the trunk of your car, in the back seat, wherever you can find a secure locking point. Your guns are locked. They are in place, and they will not be taken by some petty thief. I can promise you that. Uh, these cables are unbelievably strong, and you you just, you know, bolt cutters are not going to get it done. So um, crushable vault, uh, really important time to take a look at these things. Uh, do me a favor. Go there, crushablevault.com. Uh, if you like something, uh, you know, put my name in the uh, – in the checkout box, I got a little promo code there. Just type Marty in that little box, and you'll get an instant 10% off of a purchase. So check these guys out, crushablevault.com. Okay, as I say, we don't have a lot going on. I mean, well, there's not a lot to be done, although I will tell you this. Um, the next check, 
you know, in the last week or so, you know, all of a sudden with uh, crises on the horizon, firearm sales are up. Uh, the next check uh, for the month of March went up 80% over what it was in 2019. For the past week, the ammunition sales, just for the week, are up 40 plus percent. So, you know, people are um, a little bit nervous, a little bit scared, and, and rightfully so. But as I say, you know, do what you're supposed to do, and and uh, and, and we're going to be fine. You know, uh, events canceled all over the place. Uh, the World English canceled till next year. World FETAS canceled till next year. Uh, state shoots are, are obviously being canceled. Some of them they'll try to reschedule if they can. The Kriegoff Masters skeet event, which I talked about on the show uh, numerous times that was scheduled for early May, has been pushed back into um, into um, uh, the fall. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's tough. It's a, it's a difficult time. And, you know, we'll get through it. Make no mistake about that. Uh, you know, I've got a great guest today, and he's on hold, and I'm I'm going to uh, get through this next little bit here real quick because I really want to get him on the show. We're going to talk about some some interesting things to talk about what's going on in, in the wing shooting world, and uh, as you can imagine, you know, the world is, is turned upside down, not just here in America, the whole world, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, and then we're going to talk about uh, something that's new and hot and People are absolutely falling in love with it. It's called simulated driven. You know, it's a, a, a lot like going over to the UK and shooting uh, driven pheasant, driven grouse, you know, um, red leg partridge in Europe, you know, things like that. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, my guest, John Wiles with bestwingshooting.com. So I'm going to have John on here in just, just another minute. But I did want to say this to you. There are some things that we can do. At home, I don't want anybody to be bored when you're stuck there at home. I mean, you can look at walls all you want to, but there are a lot of things that you can do that, that can really give you great benefits and don't cost you an absolute penny. All right, first of all, get your equipment in perfect shape. I know, you know, I'm one of those guys, I'll wipe my guns off, but I don't really break them down and clean them like I should after after I've been shooting a bit or gone hunting or something like that. You know, I'll, I'll swab the barrel out and, and wipe it off on the outside. But there's so much more to, to, these, uh, to these nice guns that, that really make them function properly. Um, <clears throat> take the triggers out. You know, that's one thing that, uh, that will really help. You know, because the triggers have got the firing pins and, and all of that are, are a part of them. And they need to be cleaned also. You know, some of the really nice over and unders have detachable triggers. You can just pop them out. You know, I've got I've got some semi-automatics. You know, when I shoot them a lot or get them wet or something like that, I, I've got to make sure that that they're going to function the way that they're supposed to. So, uh, you know, pulling those triggers out really does make a make a big big difference. And um, also on semi-automatics, your gas systems. If you're if you're shooting a gas-operated gun, uh, no time like the present to uh, to go in and and uh, clean those gas ports and and um, uh, clean you, the um, the slide mechanism in the gun. I mean, it's it's going to be absolutely great. So check on your equipment, get it as perfect as you can, because when it's time to go shoot, and that time is coming, I promise you, we will be out doing it again shortly. Um, you want to be ready to go. Now, one other thing, and then I'm going to bring John on. 
no better time than to do what I call purpose practice. Now, purpose practice is, um, you know, that's kind of a funny way of saying I can something I can do at home that doesn't cost anything but is beneficial. Okay, and every practice session that you do at your home should have a goal and should end with you achieving that goal. Uh, first. Gun malpractice. My gosh, you know, you would think, oh, well, that's what, what's the big deal? Well, let me tell you something. As a professional instructor, and I've been teaching people for more than 38 years, I see more bad mechanics in shooting than probably anything. And the gun mount is really very, very important when shooting a shotgun because you don't have a rear sight on the gun. Your eyes are the rear sight. So effectively, when you're bringing that gun to your face, you're bringing the rear sight in line with the front sight without having to look at those sights. I mean, your focus is out on the birds, but if you miss that gun mount, you know it, and the picture is just not going to be correct. So, uh, you know, a proper gun mount, one smooth motion, both hands working together at the same time. You push with your front hand to the target. You lift with your back hand to the face all one really nice smooth motion and um, you know I see people you know demonstrating gun mounts all the time and all they're doing is lifting the gun vertically and that's uh, that's not going to get it done in the heat of battle I can tell you that uh, because what will happen is you, you'll wind up rushing your trigger hand and as a result you're going to get a little muzzle flip and you just cost yourself a bird um, push to the target lift to your face uh, you can do that in front of a mirror I mean, your nose is your target. Start with the gun below your armpit, uh, the, the uh, muzzle uh, below the chin, and your nose is your target. Push and lift, push and lift, push and lift. Absolutely great, great practice. Plus, it builds the muscle memory so that you don't miss gun mounts because of not having done them. Now, I mean, this is a really, really big help. Uh if you you know if you got a mag light, stick a mag light in the barrel of your gun. Turn it onto the smallest spot. Pick out objects and start with the gun down low. Look at the object. Push the gun. And where the light goes is where the gun would shoot. So you'll see whether you're spot on with your insertion points, and that is a very important part. Uh, and then one other thing to do: where the wall and the ceiling form a line. Push to the line, follow it across the room. Come back the other way, follow it across the room. Uh, change your foot position around a little bit so that you're very comfortable. You'll find that if you tighten up a little bit, you're going to roll the gun off the line. So, you know, some really good learning opportunities there. Uh, finally, you know, one other one other little quick thing, eye exercises to improve your focus and help make you, your target slow down. You know, juggle balls. Look, if you got a ceiling fan in your house, turn it on slow. And focus on one blade and see if you can watch only that one blade. That's what that's doing. That's improving those eye muscles. That's making them work a little bit more. And I can promise you it works. When you're outside, be more observant. I look at any bird that flies by. I look at every one of them. And what I try to do when I look at those birds is I I actually narrow my focus to look at the head. I look at a spot. And, you know, those are things that you can do at home that don't cost you anything that I promise you will greatly benefit you down the road. So that's that. And I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm getting ready to um, to bring my buddy John on. 
And uh, John's first segment is going to be brought to you by Negrini Cases. You know, recreational shooting season is on us, and it and it really is. And we, you know, some of us are still shooting a little bit. So, uh, you know, that, and that's a good thing. But it's it, it's going to be it's going to come back, and we're we're going to have a lot of people shooting. Uh, you know, most of us use a gun case that our favorite shotgun came in, but it's for the most part you can't really do any heavy heavy travel with that gun case. It's it's not as sturdy as you want it to be in most cases. And you sure as heck don't want to throw them on and off of airplanes once we get to doing that again. Well, and that's where Negrini cases really shine. You know, for more than 35 years, they've been building the lightest, strongest TSA and international airline-approved gun cases on the market. They look great. They've got super strong double wall protection, and they really, really are lightweight to boot. That's what I like about them. I mean, they're really light. Well, check them out, negrinicases.com. See something you like? Spend 200 bucks and you'll get a Negrini waterproof shot shell case free of charge. Negrini will pay for it. Type my name, Marty. Put Marty in the uh, in the little promo box, and uh, that case will be on your way. Negrinicases.com. Okay, I've had John Wilde sitting on hold, and I, I don't know if he's been listening to all of my mumbo-jumbo conversation or not, but John Wiles um, of bestwingshooting.com. Welcome back to Wing and Clay Nation, buddy. Well, thank you, Marty. It's certainly nice to be here. I wanted to tell you first off, those are great uh, instructions you gave about what to do at home. I did them for probably off and on for 20 years. I'm like you, I've been teaching for probably 40 years, and it's always good to go back and practice. It gives you something to do. Makes you makes your gun mount just absolutely perfect. So, well, great, you know, John, instruction and, yeah, I mean, and if you miss the gun mount, you miss the bird. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, the I mean, the thing it, was the greeny cases. Have yeah. one, love it, mm-hmm. just exactly what you said. <laughs> airline airline proof and lightweight, can't beat it. Oh, listen, I uh, I've, I've just fallen in love with mine, and and you know they're so pretty that you're worried about. Yep. You know, dirtying them up or scratching them up, but those things are really, really tough. But That's hey, right. John, you know, we listen. We've got um, we've got a few minutes to go before we have to take our first network break. And uh, you know, I I really wanted to have you on the show today because you know things and things in in my world have changed. I can promise you, things in your world have changed, and and <laughs> things in the world of the wing shooter have really changed. So tell us yeah. a little bit, John, if you will. I mean, tell me about best wing shooting number one and then let's talk about what's going on around the world with uh with this virus so tell us tell us about best wing shooting to start with well best wing shooting is uh, a business i've had for over 11 years i guess now and um and you know without giving you a whole lot of background but i've been going to argentina for 30 years and all over the world for most of that time as well i've been very blessed to be able to do a lot of things that that I've always wanted to do. And um, um, best wing shooting came about because people, I would invite people to go. That turned into uh, me uh, working with outfitters to bring people to them, that kind of thing. Of course, I'm on the on the web. Uh, the website is bestwingshooting.com. You can get in touch with me through the website, too. Um, how things have changed, yes, it's changed for us as people here in the United States. I know you were talking about that earlier, and we all feel the effects of it, and if you're in the international hunting business, you're pretty much businesses at a standstill <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because people cannot travel. 
uh, if you go, you're going to be quarantined. I had, uh, you know, a story that could have been bad, turned out good. Uh, had some guys who were headed to Argentina, and one of them went a day early because he wanted to spend some time in uh, Cordoba and uh, visit some of the architecture or some of those kinds of things. And he got at the airport, and they just announced that if you came in, you couldn't leave. So he stayed in the airport, got word back to the to the other guys in the U.S., and since they didn't come on the plane coming to Argentina, he had a seat to get on that plane to come home. So he made a <laughs> wow. round trip to Argentina and never left the airport. Um, but uh, Wow. Otherwise, he would have been there a while, so it, it worked out all right. And one of the good things that uh, I don't know how many of your viewers are international travelers, but hopefully they'll understand that if they've made deposits for hunts in Argentina, most anywhere, Argentina, Bolivia, Europe, if they've made deposits, your outfitters will make those deposits good. You may not be able to go this year, but that deposit will be good for the following year. True, and, they and, will and that's not really take your money yeah. without without you know yeah, and that, and something to help you. Yeah, and that's that's really <clears throat> what matters to folks. I mean, they, listen, sure. we're 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 going through something that that obviously we've never gone through before. So, you know, when I, I sit there and I watch these press conferences, which yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I can stand watching any more of this stuff <laughs> on the, on the news. But but Great. when I do, when I do. You know, some, and I hate to say it, but some of these reporters, some of these people who have this, these elite educations have to be the dumbest people I have ever heard. Yeah. I mean, I some of the questions, some of the questions that they throw up there, I mean, it, it, it's almost like they're expecting, you know, the president or the vice president or, or one of these doctors to uh, be like, a, you know, a, a dream of genie and, you know, wiggle your nose or something like that. And all of a sudden this thing goes away. It is right. not like that. So, but yeah, uh, hey, John, we're, we are up on a, on a network break. When we come back, I, I really want to get into some of some of the, the, the world stuff because we've got, uh, sure. you know, there's some things that have been going on around the world that aren't even affected by the virus that folks need to know about. And, and, and we'll talk about that when we come back, folks. John Wiles and I'll be right back after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in.
tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. Hey, and welcome back. I am having a great conversation with John Wiles, and we're getting ready to get really serious about some things that have been going on around the world. And then we're going to talk about something that's fairly new to this country, but boy, is it going crazy, and people are absolutely loving it. And uh, I'm just going to hold off telling you what that is until uh, until we get to that point. But before I get back to John, you know, if you're a, um, a Facebook guy, uh, you know, or a social media type guy, and, and let's face it, we're all living on social media these days with all of the uh, the seriousness that's going on out there. But wingandclayradio.com is going to be the website. I would encourage you to go there. Some good stuff on it. Uh, we're we're downloading some videos, things like that. Some of my old TV shows, things of that nature. Um, Facebook.com slash Wing and Clay Radio, that's uh, the Facebook site, uh, twitter.com slash wingclaynation, and instagram.com slash wingandclayradio. So uh, those three sites, you know, please go there, um, like us, share, and uh, and, and don't forget, too, uh, this, all of my shows you can access through the show website, wingandclayradio.com. And get every show 24-7 on demand simply by going to the website. You can find a, more than a year of shows there. All right. <clears throat> this next segment of the show is brought to you by ESP. That's Electronic Shooters Protection. You know, if, whether you're a seasoned shooter, a seasoned shooter, a seasoned hunter, you know, or a clay target fanatic, consider what I do. Protect your hearing with ESP. That's electronic shooter's protection. You know, these custom-molded digital plugs allow you to do a number of things. You can carry on a normal conversation. You can increase the frequency to hear birds and animals while hunting. And you can have all of the sounds, 90 decibels or above, literally muted. It sounds like less than a cap pistol. Uh, but uh, that's really where the damage starts anything over 90 decibels so these plugs take care of that you know i've been using esps exclusively for more than two decades and i encourage you to give them a look check them out espamerica.com and you'll be able to protect your hearing for the rest of your lifetime all right now let me get back to john and john you know when we were were talking you know you were we're talking uh you know about the um uh, the outfitters, uh, you know, protecting deposits and things of that nature, which, you know, of course, we, we would we would certainly hope they would do that. But, you know, there are some things that went on around the uh, that went on and are going on that uh, that I think we we need to, to broach to, because, uh, uh, for instance, you know, you were on the show last year. And we were we were talking about, uh, you know, some of the places around the world that had had some. Uh, some weather issues and things like that that had changed the numbers of birds. And, uh, you know, people were freaking out that Argentina didn't have the bird numbers anymore. And, uh, you know, so they had floods. So now that we've got this hold, there's a silver lining there. John, I'm talk a little bit about what happened last year with the floods. And, and let's let's talk about how this could actually be good in the long run. Um, actually, there were floods. I think the floods were actually in 18, and then in 2019, they had some tremendous thunderstorms with hail. And mm-hmm. it just happened that those storms uh, 
were centralized over some of the big roosts. And, uh, if, and I'm sure your listeners probably understand Argentina, that there are these huge mile, miles and miles of uh, roosting areas where the doves bring off sometimes three or four hatches during the nesting season, which is in their spring, their seasons are the opposite of ours, in their spring, which would be September, September, October, from September actually up until February is when they are on the nest and bringing off multiple clutches of eggs. Anyway, it was during that time frame they had some of these tremendous um, thunderstorms with hail, and so you had two years in a row you had um, natural um, problems uh, with nesting and with the numbers of birds. And it did hurt their numbers of birds. And I have to, before I say the next thing, I have to say this. The worst day in Argentina is better than the <laughs> yeah. best day. Our, uh, uh, the, yeah, the worst day in Argentina is better than the best day in America. It, it's There's no comparison to the two. But, but the bird numbers, as far as seeing millions and millions of birds, that was down. Okay, granted. However... There was still plenty of shooting. Okay. Uh Um, What's happened now, and this is, you and I had talked about this earlier, kind of the silver lining to some of this is you can't go to Argentina and hunt right now because of the travel restrictions and quarantines. However, when it does, when, when the times change, and you can fly then to Argentina to shoot doves, there will be those millions of doves because, first of all, this year, or excuse me, in 2019, at the end of 2019, they stopped hunting, I believe it was in December. Mm-hmm. It was the whole month. It was like November, December, January. They didn't do any shooting. Right in the middle of the breeding season, they did not take any hunters. That was good to start with. And then as things are going to pick up, starting in February, they started having hunters, numbers were good, they were having a good time, then then along comes the virus, and now it's shut down again. We're going into their fall, which is the big hunting time, as you know, to go to Argentina Mm -hmm. for ducks and doves and pigeons and all of that. So the longer that this keeps American hunters from going to Argentina, the less pressure there is on the birds, and the more birds there are going to be, A, to go back on the roost in the fall, and B, for hunters to see when they go there when the virus is passed. So the silver lining is that the shooting in Argentina is going to be out of this world when this is over with. Yeah, I would I would think so. And and I've you know, I've got some social media contacts down there, you know, some outfitters that I have have hunted with in the past and you know, I've got tried to uh, to keep in touch with them by reaching out to them a little bit and you know, and they're they're in the same boat we are. I mean, they oh, are they're you know, they're, they they're, they're 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 sheltered, you know, they they yeah. you know, I mean, one of them is, you know, they said we're we're in one of our one of our dove lodges with the with the families. And mm-hmm. you know we're not we're not going anywhere. And these people listen. These people live out in the country. You know if we right. if we think if if we think that you know America has where we live in the country in America's country. No, you some of those places out there are really in the country. I mean, uh, you know they oh, they're, yeah. they're they're almost having to uh, to pump sh- sunshine into some of those places. So <laughs> yeah, and and now don't get me wrong. When you get there, it's Taj Mahal, but. You know right. they they are remote, and so there's not a lot of people 
hanging around there, but you know they they are they're being smart as as I've implored to my listeners to be. You know, at the start of the show, you know, be smart. You know, we can we can weather this if we do what we're supposed to be doing. Now, that's great news on Argentina, and I would think that obviously that is uh, that's going to carry over. Um, you know where where you're, you know you're not paying for birds. You're you know the birds hatch and and you know come naturally. Naturally, and, and, yeah. You know there are a number of places: Bolivia, Uruguay, um, South Africa. South you know, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, in a lot of places where where the bird numbers are, you know, they're going to benefit from that. Now, right. let's talk about Europe. You know, there are a lot of people that um, that that go to Europe that that really enjoy going there. Uh, it tends to be expensive. Um, you know, not all of them, not all of the trips are expensive, but, you know, some of them are, are you know, kind of crazy expensive. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, you know, talk about that a little bit, John, because that's a, that's a different approach. I mean, because those birds aren't out in the wild. Right. What you brought up, and this makes a really good, I think, good little educational segment for maybe some of the people who are listening, and that is the difference in hunting in Europe and hunting in places like South America or even Africa, as you talked about, wing shooting anyway in Africa, is that, in, we'll just use South America. In South America, the birds are free. You pay for the hunt because, as you said, all the birds are raised naturally. They're, they're there. It doesn't make any difference whether you're there or not. The birds are there. They're there mm-hmm. because of the agriculture, and so they're reproducing on their own and all those kinds of things. We are simply paying for the opportunity to go there and shoot what they call volume shooting. All right, that's one. That's one mm-hmm. aspect of hunting. Europe is just the opposite. The hunts aren't terribly expensive. You're paying for the birds <laughs> because in Europe... Right. All the birds are hatched and then raised, then released on these estates where they are kept and fed and moved around to, like, some driven types of things. But this has been done for so many years. They know they they have, you know, the the birds have big open pens. Uh, They're able to sort of move freely once they get big enough to fly. Uh, They do a tremendous predator control over there. And so it's... It's there's so much more involved in the cost of putting on a shoot in Europe than there is in say Argentina or Bolivia, for example. Right, right. Because there's so many more people involved. There's so many more people. The birds themselves cost money when they're bought. The the feeding of them, the caretakers, as you were talking about, the gamekeepers who who see to the birds, who see to to the. any of anything that would bother the birds to control all of those kinds of things, they generally have a staff. Uh, it's a 365 days a year job for a number of people. And so when we go, when Americans go to participate in what's called driven shooting, which is you stand, you get in a line, and they, they're actually people who, the beaters they call them, who go through the woods and, and push the birds. When the birds run out of cover, they fly, and then and it's set up so that they fly anywhere from 20 to 80 yards over top of, mm-hmm. the, of the hunters, and the hunters shoot at them. That's the driven part of the driven hunting. But to pull up, put, up, put all that together to get that <clears throat> accomplished takes a great deal of people, a lot of effort, and significant financial investment. 
So when we go to Europe to do that, we're not just paying for the hunting. We're paying for the birds. So if they say you're going to have a 300-bird day or a 200-bird day or a 100-bird day, they're actually counting the birds that the line of guns is shooting. And when mm-hmm. the line reaches 300 <clears throat> birds or 250 or whatever it is, your hunt is over with. Mm-hmm. So, so that's no, the and, and I've actually and I've been where, you know, we uh, – we, I know I went to Hungary one time years ago when, when Bruce and oh, I yeah. were doing the Shotgun Journal show. Saw that and, show, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and we <clears throat> and it was great. And, and the second day, um, you know, by lunchtime we had six hundred. Yeah, right. I mean, it was it was crazy. And you know, when you're sitting there thinking, well, you know, that was a short day, but I mean, uh, you know, we shot a lot of shells. <laughs> well, and, and like, uh, just let me let me just say this about. What you're talking about, Americans tend to shoot, want to shoot a lot of birds. Mm-hmm. If if you are, if you really spend time with, for example, the English who I love or the Scots who I love, those people do not shoot big bags. They may shoot a hundred bird day, for example, maybe eight guns and they shoot a hundred birds. Well, there's still hundreds of birds going over them on each of these drives, hundreds of birds in the air, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. They're what their goal is is to shoot the the furthest bird that they feel comfortable shooting. Their whole goal is to make an excellent shot. So if they only kill five birds or ten birds in the course of the drives of that day, they they think that that's just that's wonderful, and it is wonderful because they've accomplished making really fine shots. It's a different well, attitude. Yeah, you know, I mean, and when you start talking about a, a, a driven bird that's that's got got a little gas behind it, oh, yeah. you shoot at seventy or seventy-five yards. I mean, realistically, oh you're putting you're putting the gun about <laughs> twelve to fifteen oh. feet in front of this bird. Right. And yeah, it it takes a good shot to hit birds at those. Yeah, it, it really does. And, and and it's not that the gun won't make the shot. It's that the that the hunter can't make the shot. You know that's that's, right. that's really where the where the problems are. Now you know the thing that the thing that I know, and this is this is where you know this part gets really really touchy for, you know, for the outfitters there, is, you know, I think the the, the I know the grouse season in Scotland starts in like August or something like that. I mean, yeah. So August you know, 15th. it's, it's yeah, it's not that far away, and all of a sudden, and and, and now's the time that that um, that that the gamekeepers need to be hatching eggs. So well, grouse uh, unfortunately are not like the pheasants. You can't well, even no, do no. that with grouse. You can't. Uh, they're not any kind. They have to reproduce on their own. In right. those heather regions, they burn the heather and try to try to help them with that kind of thing. But uh, one of the reasons, think of grouse here in the United States. You remember how we have cycles in grouse here in the United States? There mm-hmm. used to be there'd be years when there would be an abundance of grouse, and then it would fall off for I don't know six eight years, and then it would build back up again. And there's it's sort of like that in England. They do everything, or Scotland too. They do everything they can to promote the birds being able to lay eggs, bring off clutches, do all those kinds of things. But it's really a lot of uh, natural things that they have no control over that can affect all of that. So that's why there's been limited uh, grouse hunting <clears throat> in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. And it is, and another reason that it's 
probably the most expensive of yes. the types of driven shooting that you can do. Yes. It's a very limited resource, very intense management to try to, to, to bring it about, very historical, uh, and uh, there's just an awful lot to it. So, yeah, shoot, shooting grouse is probably the most expensive thing that you can yeah, do. Yeah, but I, I would but I would say, I guess, you know, and I, and I kind of, you know, you know, kind of put the cart before a horse there when, when talking about grouse, but, <clears throat> but on the pheasant side, I mean, now, now is when these gamekeepers need to, oh, absolutely. And, and they don't, and they, you know, all of a sudden, well, they're, they're in the unknown. Right. right. Because this time of year is when the estates in England are expecting the bookings. This is when people like me would be calling them and saying, you know, I have a line of guns, or I've got six guns, I need three more, but I would like to reserve these dates. I will send you this amount of deposits. Let me get the other three guns. And you begin the negotiations so that they can count on a group for these dates. And each of these estates has so many days that they let, that they rent for guns to come in and shoot. And they have to know how many days that they're going to be shooting to know the, t- the numbers of birds that they're going to be needing for the entire season. And that's what's happening. You're exactly right. That's what's happening now. But since no one knows whether they're going to be able to travel when, no one is willing to say, okay, we're all coming, because they don't know whether they can go. So it's a, it's a very different and very difficult situation in oh, it is. Spain, it really is. all of them. All of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's all of them. All right, so we're we're coming up on another network break, and folks, I want to let you know this portion of the show, this last last part of uh, of this segment, was brought to you by Dog Try. You know, we're talking about bird hunting, and uh, you know, if you go over and and uh, in, uh, in into the UK, I mean, the, uh, uh, their retrievers are a little bit different than uh, than the ones we have over here. I mean, they'll get a line of retrievers, and I'm telling you, those dogs <laughs> those dogs don't go anywhere until somebody gives them the word to go. But uh, uh, you know, but but Dogtra for thirty plus years, Dogtra's been setting the standard for e-collar training technology. Lets you unleash your dog's potential. Whether you've got a retrieving dog, a pointing dog, a flushing dog, a tracking dog, or you've got one that all he does is put coons up a tree, Dogtra has got a product for that dog. You can count on that. So visit dogtra.com and see all of the exciting dog training tools that they have. And I can tell you, it's a top-of-the-line stuff. That's dogtra.com. All right, let's take a network break. And when we come back, John and I are going to talk about a new game here in the States. It's called Simulated Driven, and it's kind of like what we were just talking about, but it's very different. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. 
Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And we are back, and hey, I told you a little earlier in the show that, uh, that you can find all of what we do, including this show, on, uh, on podcasts. Uh, that'll come up... Uh, Tomorrow, if we, we, we typically do a live show, and the next day the, the syndication to podcasting takes place. iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio all uh, carry this show, and I'm sure there are a few others as well, but those are major ones that have it. So if you listen to any of those, just type in Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation, and you'll have every show right at your disposal. Hey, the last portion of the show brought to you by... Etowah Valley Game Preserve and Etowah Valley Sporting Clays up in Dawsonville, Georgia. You know, I had uh, Alex Becker from uh, Etowah Valley on last uh, on the last show. Had a really good conversation talking about what they had coming up. But hey, if you live in the southeast or if you're planning a trip to Atlanta, which right now Atlanta's kind of closed down, but you will in the future, I'll bet. You know, get in my get in touch with my guys at uh, at Etowah Valley Game Preserve and Etowah Valley Sporting Clays. They're about an hour north of Atlanta. They're in the beautiful foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, and they've got some great packages. They've got a uh, a uh, clays and feathers package. You can shoot 50 clays in the morning. You can have lunch with your guide. Go out and shoot birds. Your choice too. Quail, pheasants, chucker. They'll let you bring your own dog. And you know what? They're starting to book for 2020. Now, that season doesn't start until October, so guess what? You've got time, but they're going to book up pretty fast. I can tell you that. It's a remarkable place, EtowahValleyGamePreserve.com. Check them out. I'm sure you will enjoy your time if you go there. All right, John. Last segment, you've got some things going on that I really want to talk about, and and, uh, uh, it's kind of a a, a hot a little hot ticket now, you know, people, you know, if you, if you, if you shoot in registered clay targets, they won't let you throw a, a driven target. But, you know, everybody that goes over to the UK and goes to, you know, goes to Europe to shoot driven, it, it's everything over, right over your, right over your head. And you've got to, you've got to be able to do that. So you've got a, a, a new deal going, simulated driven, which started over in the UK because it's so expensive to shoot those birds. This is a lot better, but tell us about simulated driven and, and what you've put together. Well, let me just add on to something that you said. That the whole sport, of uh, the idea of shooting simulated driven, actually started in England and Scotland. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it was the idea that well, when the season is over, later people would like to practice shooting driven, and you were going to do it with clays. And like you said, they it's, it's not a presentation you find on a sporting clays course. Well, someone, I don't know quite the history of it really, but one of the estates said, well, let's set traps up on the hill, the top of the hill where the, where the pheasants or the partridges would come off of. Let's just put traps up there and throw up, set hard springs, put the people about halfway down, maybe a little closer than, than they would for birds, and throw them over their heads. And so, yes, you wear glasses, of course you wear earplugs, and yes, you wear hats to avoid broken pieces in as much as possible. But mm-hmm. what they found was that it's set up right. They shoot the targets at the same, at the same distance and trajectories that you would shoot pheasants or partridges, and the pieces go on over them much like the birds would. So it really caught on for exactly the reason you mentioned. It was inexpensive. And then, when that started, then they thought, well, shoot, let's just have a regular driven day. We'll do the same thing. We'll draw for pegs. We'll have smaller numbers. We'll have eight guns. Four will shoot. Four will load for for the first four. They'll shoot at 100 targets. Then we'll rotate. You know, the the guy who is loading, he'll shoot, and the guy will load for him. Hey, let's have elevenses. Let's have lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it after lunch. And they turned it into a whole day's activity that was far less expensive than shooting live birds. Well, I love the concept. And you and I both like to shoot a lot. I mean, let's oh, be absolutely. honest. Oh, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if, I, if I'm going to shoot, I'd just as shoot, soon stand in one or two places and shoot 250 shells at each place and call it good. You know, that's my idea. Mm-hmm. You sure. Know, what mm-hmm. we call volume shooting. So uh, this concept is not new. There are other places in the country that do this same kind of thing. Uh, but... There isn't a place really here in the southeast that I think does it really well, and I wanted to be at least one of the people that sort of brought that concept here, this idea that you could stay at a very nice place, similar to what you would stay in in England, found Mm -hmm. that here locally, with some people who restored a beautiful English Tudor Manor. Uh, They spent probably over a million dollars in restoration of this place. But it it was uh, built originally in the 20s by the Quaker Oats family. Um, Of course, I live in Pinehurst, North Carolina, home of golf and all that. So it attracted those kinds of people uh, during the golden uh, era that that, was the 20s and that kind of thing. So there's Mm -hmm. several of these kinds of estates still here. And... uh, these people restored this beautiful English Tudor manor. It's called, Tudor manor. It's called Duncraig Manor. It's the name of it. But it has eight bedrooms, eight bathrooms, all fireplaces and studies and more fireplaces. And it's just it's right out of an English countryside. It's absolutely beautiful. Well, then the other side of Pinehurst here is a place. Uh, it's actually a shooting preserve who also has sporting clays and five stand, those various things. But he has the ni- some nice terrain. He also raises about half a million game birds every year. Mm-hmm. And on his place are several ponds where you can duck hunt. So he has several thousand ducks. So John, that would be me, got this bright idea. Well, why couldn't we simulate driven pheasants, putting the people below the hill, 
and pushing the birds off the hill, not like a tower shoot, you know, not out of a tower, but give them at least the perspective of what it would be like of birds coming off the hill or over the trees, off mm-hmm. the hill, and over the guns. And why couldn't we also maybe do some driven ducks? Because driven ducks is no more than you being on the land and the ducks flying by going some other place. I mean, that's right. pretty much the right. idea of what driven ducks Why couldn't we do that? Well, we got as far as the driven pheasants this year. We did one in March before the virus came, and it actually went very well. People loved staying where they were. I had eight guns. Um, we, we drove over to the places called DeWitt's, DeWitt's Game game Farm. and mm-hmm. uh, But we drove over to DeWitt's. He had it all set up. He brought in. We did both. We did both clays, and we did driven birds. How do you do clays? You can do it several ways. Probably the easiest way is to bring in, at the beginning anyway, is to bring in a lift. The biggest, tallest lift that you can find, you put, you know, half a dozen traps, five traps, as many as you can get on it, oscillating traps. You set it in the woods and up high so that when when the clays are thrown, they're coming over the trees. You put the people 20 or 30 yards from the trees, because obviously the clays can be thrown much further than that. And you put hats and gloves and and eye, eye protection, ear protection, of course. And it looks like the same type of shooting presentation you would have if you had partridges or pheasants. You can also adjust the traps so that they're throwing higher, which shortens the distance a little bit, but you can throw them higher. And you can, you can easily throw birds 30, 40 yards high, and by adjusting the machines, you can get some 50-yard targets. You can set them all at 50 yards and just mm-hmm. do one particular, um, one particular round where all of the targets are 50 yards, which are challenging. You know they're well, challenging. Well, and, 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 and let me let me say this about that. <clears throat> you know, I, I and I hear it all the time. You know, when people talk about uh, making a 50-yard shot on a clay pigeon, let me tell you something. You get a true 50-yard shot on a clay pigeon. That thing looks that thing looks like a BB up there. <laughs> You're okay. right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, so Absolutely. so often people misjudge the actual distance of some of these things. And but I can tell you right now, you throw a 50-yard driven clay over your head with some type of speed, and and you better be on your A game, or you're just going to be just you know just pulling a trigger and and you know and hope is not yep. a strategy. Okay, <laughs> right. it's not right. going to work. So um, <clears throat> yeah, and, and the, the good thing about that, the good thing about doing what we're talking about doing is you can you don't have to throw great volumes of birds. You can slow the traps down and you mm-hmm. only throw one or two or three at a time. You begin to give people a chance to look at what this is, what the distances are, and actually practice, as you talked about earlier. They work on things like the smoothness of focusing on the bird bringing the gun smoothly to the target, focusing on the target, breaking the target. And, and it, it becomes rhythmic. As you know, when you, you shot, I remember when you shot in Spain, remember when you mm-hmm. shot Driven Partridge in Spain on television? So mm-hmm. much rhythm to that kind of thing. And the, and the birds it, there, you know, on each drive, they were, they're all flying pretty much the same speed, and they're all pretty right. much the same distance, you know? So, right. You know, and that's, and of course, they would change in Spain. They would change how high the hill was in front of the line of guns. 
That's so right. that the birds, you know, one drive they were thirty yards, another drive they were fifty five yards. I mean, and, right. and it was, it was that was just a huge amount of fun. But, but uh, uh, you know, the, and and there's 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 a lot to be said for being able to change the the distance of the target because people really learn. Now, one of the things that, that I saw in, in some of what you did with some of the promotion on this, um, you, you've, you've got a, a gun fit opportunity there for some folks. Um, yeah. You know, I would dare say that in time, you know, as these things really get going great, you're probably going to wind up doing, having some instructors come in that, you know, people that want to come in for instruction. So, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I can see this as just being something that's a win-win for not not only for John, but uh, but for all of the shooters out there, guys. I mean, you're you can get some real mileage out of this type of program. Let me tell you. Well, and the the good thing for us, meaning the United States, is you don't have to travel out of the country to be able to do these kinds of things. When when you find the places that offer this type of shooting. You can do that in the summer. You can just just do just clays in the summertime, and think of this, which is you know kind of the program that I'm going after. But what if you had eight guns, and so you have four guns shooting and four guns loading, and you're throwing three thousand clays, fifteen hundred a day, so mm-hmm. that the four people shoot at a hundred or two hundred, whatever you want, and then they rotate, and the next group shoots at two hundred, and and you're not wearing yourself out. You are practicing something that you can that a skill that once you have that skill, you can then transfer that to shooting driven pheasants, shooting driven partridges, and take it with you when you can go to Europe. And now you're able to go there and be able to shoot well. Well, not only that, John, there's something to it. You can transfer that to dove hunting in the states. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the things that I wanted to, uh, I hope to have as part of this package when we're doing clays in the summer, is sort of an Argentina dove shoot, which is where you'd have clays throwing them both mm-hmm. uh, across and then angling toward and angling away, and you could have you know half a dozen traps or something, so yeah, that, that you would, could have that lots of be, targets. And I think people yeah. would love that kind of thing. That would be fabulous. Hey, John, we're we're <laughs> we're running out of time, buddy. Tell okay. tell us again. Um, how do, how do people get in touch with you? I mean, this is this is important. I got I got less than a minute. Bestwingshooting.com. Easiest way in the world. That is an easy way. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Go in there. He's got some great trips, some great packages. You get in touch with John Wiles. He's, he's got something going on here. And, folks, I cannot thank you enough. I want to implore everybody, be safe, be smart. Let's get through this thing. And you know what? We'll see you next time on Wing and Clay Nation Radio. Be safe out there. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting. Good shooting.